is week 19 in the Canadian Football League. Welcome to CFO Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. We are delivered by Domino's. Go get yourself a large four-topping pizza for just $12.99 or a medium feast pizza for just $10.99. All the terrific side dishes, marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out at dominoes.ca. That is dominoes.ca. Great big show for you today, folks, from the CFL on TSN. Milt Stiegel will join me as well as Derek Taylor for some CFL fantasy and behind-the-numbers looks. Also have John Bowman of the Montreal Alouettes, one of the all-time great pass rushers. He will stop by in behind the helmet. But, hey, let's not waste any time here. Let's get to the news and notes. It's time for Three Downs on CFL Weekly with Andy McNamara, bringing you inside the largest headlines around the Canadian Football League. First down. Okay, and we begin with the CFL top performers of the week. And man, were there some big ones. How about, speaking of big, how Adam Big Hill behind the helmet alumni. By the way, here on CFL Weekly, check this out. So first of all, the Blue Bombers put the boots to the Rough Riders, shutting them out 31-0. Big Hill had himself a day. Eight tackles. That includes three quarterback sacks. Took poor Zach Claris down three times for a loss of 18 yards total and also forced a fumble. Man, Adam Big Hill with the day. Then, hey, a double dip of the Edmonton Eskimos. Let's begin with receiver Bryant Mitchell. And we know that hey, Bryant Mitchell wouldn't have himself a big day if it wasn't for the other top performer of the week. And that's Mike Riley of the Edmonton Eskimos. What a bounce back week for the Eskimos. Check this out. 190 receiving yards. Touchdown. 13 catches for Bryant Mitchell in their 34-16 win against the Ottawa Red Blacks. Just a massive day for Bryant Mitchell. And then Mike Riley, who has down. Right? Like a four-game losing streak for the Eskimos. And Riley wasn't himself. He was had the flu. What did he do? Old Mike Riley, hey, put up 369 yards in the air, included a touchdown, added another 72 on the ground. Mike, by God, Riley, getting it done. And keeping the Eskimos alive, desperately needing a win to stay in the West playoff race. And... Again, they all did it with Mike Riley being sick with the flu. Well, TSN's Chris Cuthbert and Matt Dunnigan called that game over the Red Blacks and gave their thoughts on Edmonton's victory. Yesterday, Mike Riley couldn't get out of bed, did not go through the walkthrough with the Eskimos. A flu bug, but they found the cure to whatever was ailing the Eskimo offense as Mike Riley throws for 369. Eskimos have their biggest net yard day of the season and a huge win over the Ottawa Red Blacks. Interesting when you pay attention to details and you go back to fundamentals, how well things work out. And credit the offensive line and just getting the guys back up front. And Mike Riley was a beneficiary and so is the receivers. You give them that an extra bit of time and here when he didn't have the time he often just pulled it down and he didn't look like he was ill it looked like he was in top form running the football exploiting the defense with his legs and checking it down when he had to just had plenty of time really clean for most of the day and uh, when he was flushed he was able to find the receivers to outside of the pocket and I just love the way he competes, whether he's 100% or not. Mike Riley's giving it all on the football field. 369 passing yards, 72 yards rushing, and uh, for the game, 541 yards of offense. And the biggest play was to Bryant Mitchell 
on that long touchdown pass. I mean, they own the football in the second half with over 300 yards of offense. And uh, for Mike Riley, uh, he was... He was sharp, but he also had a red-hot receiver who really came to the fore today in Bryant Mitchell. He really did, and he saw that last uh, touchdown by Bryant, 75 yards, covered zero, and uh, and he exploited it. It you know it was doing everything today, going down and digging it out. Uh, 17 times Mike Riley targeted him out of his 38 throws and attempts. Over 44% of the targets went 80s way, and why not when the receiver's hot, feeding the football, and that's what Mike Riley did. And Brian Mitchell, I just loved his halftime interview with Ryan Rickshaw. Very, very few words. Let us play to the talking today. And there's the cover zero shot. Riley had heat in the kitchen, had Tyndall coming off the edge, and he threw a per- perfect ball to his favorite target today and stepped up in a big way and helped the Edmonton Eskimos work out of a dreadful hole he had dug themselves into. And they really, I think, have righted the ship by simple uh, focus of going back to the fundamentals and basics of football. They get back to 500 with the win now, 8-8 eight and eight on the year after beating the Ottawa Red Blacks, 34-16. to 16. Second down. All right, let's get to second down here. It is a dogfight for top spot in the East Division. Both Hamilton and Ottawa tied for first at 8-7, and and they play each other not just this week, but next week too. TSN's Rod Smith tees up Henry Burris to discuss who's got the edge, followed by Milt Stiegel and Jock Climey. Hey, Henry, two-year-old teams. The Red Blacks and the Ticats are now tied at 8-7 and seven in the East, going right down to the wire. Who you got to finish first? Oh, I got the boys in Platt, of course. Now, they're playing at home. They just got embarrassed too straight. They're going to come back and represent there at home because they know the importance of, of how to jump out on Hamilton. They've already uh, beat uh, Hamilton uh, once. I wonder They've why already beat Hamilton once. Ottawa. Henry, oh, you said We don't know who these Red Blacks are. You think about it. In this game, that first half, they played well. But the who's Hamilton half, beat? We know who they beat. They're playing well, they have maybe the MOP and Jeremiah Mazzoli, maybe the second MOP and Brandon Banks. These guys know how to make here's plays. The, they are the, the favorite. I'm going with Ottawa as well, and the reason why is because with one win out of the two, they get the season series. That's like a four-point swing for these Red Blacks. Where, where, that where, where, where do you, you guys live? Somebody tell Milton where, where do you guys live? Ottawa has a better running game, they have a better <laughs> defense, and they have more weapons on where offense. You they can't get live? the job okay, done. Okay, homers. Hey, Hamilton's won it is a big game melt and and on friday night it happens part of a doubleheader. which game is bigger that red blacks tie cats game or edmonton at bc that first one red blacks and tie cats you're talking about one of these teams is going to be the eastern conference champion the last two great cups have been who the eastern conference champion so this is definitely nah, a bigger but you game. know what it's always about whether you're playing to continue to play. I mean, look, <laughs> Hamilton and Ottawa are going to have a chance regardless. That BC game, that's going to decide, likely, who will make the playoffs and who will not. Well, okay, if Edmonton loses that game to BC, hey, they're representing this year by trying to get to the Grey Cup that's in their own ballpark. They are known as the City of Champions mm-hmm. with supposedly the best quarterback in the league. The sky's the limit, but the sky won't be the limit if you can't fly in the sky and be in the playoffs, guys. So that is the most important game because Edmonton could be sitting at home and, and opening up the doors to somebody else to take their locker room. Mm-hmm. The definitive word on the doubleheader Friday night. Third down. All right, wrapping up with third down here. Well, just when you think you have the West Division figured out, Winnipeg shuts out Saskatchewan and is only a game behind them for second place. Calling that game was TSN's Gord Miller and Glenn Suter. 
The math for Winnipeg, very simple this season, Glenn. When they win the turnover battle, they're 9-0. and When they don't, they're 0-7, and they won it decisively today. They were a minus 5 in the two losses to Saskatchewan in the regular season through the Labor Day and Labor Day rematch. And they changed that. They flipped the script, script on Saskatchewan here in this one. Taylor Loeffler had a couple interceptions, played great at the safety position, couple big hits and tackles. Their leader, though, and you go back to the Ottawa game and the big play he made in overtime, Adam Big Hill from the middle had three sacks this afternoon, eight tackles. He now has 98 tackles on the season. He's over 600 in his career. Boy, he's a difference maker in this Winnipeg defense that has become dominant. Last time Matt Nichols had played against Saskatchewan, he threw three first-half interceptions. Two of them returned for touchdowns. He was booed after being pulled at halftime. He was, in your words, very efficient in this one. Yeah, he was. I mean, again, pedestrian numbers for Matt Nichols, but he's found that formula again in that comfort zone. You know, he was under pressure, as you mentioned, Gord. The coach was in O'Shea to make a change and put Chris Strebler in. He didn't do that. He stuck with his veteran. They came off the bye week, and they started a win streak. They got on this four-game win streak, and Nichols at 155 yards doesn't jump off the page. But he didn't throw an interception. He's thrown just one in this four-game winning streak. So when they last played, Winnipeg had lost four in a row. Now the Bombers have won four straight in the topsy-turvy West. Okay, let's go through the playoff scenarios for Week 19. Okay, so West Division. Calgary wins or ties. Calgary clinches first place in the division and hosts the Western Final on November 18. With a BC win, the Lions clinch a playoff berth. A Saskatchewan win and a BC loss or tie, Saskatchewan secures a home playoff date. In the East Division, playoff position can't be determined this week. So a crossover, a West Division team will cross over to the East Division for the third consecutive season. That's all wrapped up. Clinched already. Calgary Stampeders have clinched a home playoff date. Rough Riders have clinched a playoff berth. Ottawa Red Blacks have clinched a playoff home date, as well as the Hamilton Tiger Cats eliminated, of course, the Montreal Alouettes and the Toronto Argonauts. Let's get to our Twitter poll question here, our Domino's Canada Twitter poll question at AndyMC81. And if you miss any of the show, folks, of course, you can get us on your local TSN radio webpage under the show section as well as on iTunes. And I tweet it all out at AndyMC81 and Instagram at AndyMC Sports. So the question, our Domino's Canada CFO Weekly show poll, which team needs a win most on Friday night? Which team needs a win most Friday night? The Ottawa Redblacks, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, they play each other, or the Edmonton Eskimos and the BC Lions. So Red Blacks, Ticats, Eskimos, Lions, which of these teams needs a win most on Friday night? You can vote at AndyMC81. After the break, we will get to some CFL fantasy talk and go behind the numbers with TSN's Derek Taylor. Stay tuned. Lots more coming up here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Welcome back to CFL Week. 
weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. Instagram at AndyMC Sports. Still to come in the program, we'll have the CFL and TSN's Milt Stiegel and behind the helmet with Montreal Alouettes pass rusher John Bowman, one of the all-time great quarterback sackers in CFL history. And folks, don't forget, we're delivered by Domino's. And I don't know if you checked this out. The Piece of the Pie Rewards Program. So all you do when you're on dominoes.ca, you'll see the rewards, Piece of the Pie Rewards. You just sign up, free to sign up. Then every time you order a pizza at dominoes.ca, all you do, make sure you're signed in. And any order over $10, $10 or more, you get 10 points. When you get to 60 points, you get a free pizza. How about that? Right? You're going to be ordering pizza anyway from Domino's. Might as well get rewards. I've been doing it for well over a year. Check it out. Piece of the pie rewards and check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. Let me welcome to the program now from Sports Center from TSN. It is Derek Taylor. Derek, there's only three weeks left in the CFL regular season, so let's dive into some fantasy talk here, starting with running back. Now, you tweeted out on Monday, fantasy alert, got the siren out there, I love it, said Ty Cats, Alex Green. Hey, you gotta, people gotta know, right? They gotta know. Exactly. You gotta know when you're serious. You gotta know. Serious news. Fantasy alarm going off. Alex Green, price tag of $9,639, comes off of the six-game injured list, and you're right, we probably lose a value play in John White. Green becomes the priciest running back in week 19. Now, as we know, guys come off a lengthy stay. There's the risk of limited snap count. Are they going to be fully used? Where are you at with popping Alex Green in the lineup as the most expensive RB on the CFL fantasy lineup? It's the expensive part that kills me, right? Yeah, to pay yeah. $9,600 for a running back. As much as he has been, he's been a star running back in fantasy this year. Just double digits whenever he's in the lineup. But, uh, I don't imagine – if they bring him back, he's going to get touches. Let's say that. He's going to get carries. He's going to get uh, get passes. Uh, and he's going to knock Sean White probably off the roster entirely. I just can't, in most cases, pay almost ten grand for a running back. And especially in a week like this one where there are really good value plays uh, at running back. Uh, I love Alex Green, but uh, that price is too much for me. Yeah, I'm with you. That's especially if he was in full swing. Okay, I can wrap my head around it, but there's just too many, too many questions marks coming back in week 19. Now you do the best buys and buyer beware videos of Chris Schultz on TSN. Love everyone loves those. So let, let's keep with with the running back here. Give me a best buy for week 19. If we're staying away from Alex Green, who's your best buy for running back? Based on the prices out there, uh, you know me. I, I love cheap running backs, and uh, we were at the Ticats uh, Argos game this past week and saw Brandon Burks do his thing. Mm. He's still going off at only forty two hundred dollars. That to me is a is a tremendous price. Toronto is going to move the ball against Montreal. It's two bad defenses, and you know both of them need something to take some pressure off their quarterback. So Burks is the guy who who's going to get you know eighteen twenty touches in in some fashion. So. At his price, that is great. And then if you want to step up just a little bit, I, I think people really expect Terrell Sutton to get, you know, to keep the same amount of the load that he had in game one as it goes along with BC. Edmonton is a team that does not mind giving up yards and to running backs. So I, I think Sutton at just under $6,600 is a good play. And it saves you, you know, 2500 bucks over a guy like Powell or three grand over yeah. Alex Green. So right now my lineup is Burks and Sutton as my, as my running backs because that's, 
that's money I can save and spend later. Exactly. And I like with Burks, too. And for, for those who are playing, make sure if you're going to the game log to check, check kind of the, the history of the guy, scroll past the rushing because Burks has been more of a weapon for the Argos on the passing side of things. So you got to make sure you're looking at both categories, right? Exactly, because every, I mean, points per reception, right? So yep. four catches or four points, and that's where the touchdown came from. Uh, I'm waiting to see if Dexter McCluster is back on the roster, because he was on the mm. one game. Right. If McCluster's back, that's going to affect some of Burke's touches, uh, but I don't know if it'll be enough effect to, to make me take him off at the price he's going at. And Derek, that's a good point, just for players in general. Like, if you set your lineup early, if you're setting it Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever, Go make sure you check it Friday before the games, right? Because yep. things can change all the time, especially in the CFL. Well, depth charts are mandated to come out the day before, right? So yep. Friday, Hamilton, Ottawa, Edmonton, BC. On Thursday, Twitter's going to have their depth charts yes. out. You can go to the team site and just find out because uh, there have been times where I've seen guys get caught with Eric Rogers in their lineup mm-hmm. and Rogers didn't play at all. And like, oh, that's, that's unfortunate. Or you. John White. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in conversation with Derek Taylor of TSN on Twitter, at DT on SC, let's shift over to quarterback. Now, I spoke it off the top of the show. After a four-game losing streak, the Eskimos' offense finally broke free, put up some huge points. Mike Riley, yet the flu didn't matter, made fantasy owners happy after a couple of those dud outings. So, Derek, I'm asking you this. At over $12,600, are you going with Mike Riley or his opponent in Travis Lulee of the Lions, who is half the price? That is a real that's a real baffler right there right? because I guess it, it's going to depend what other value I've found in other spots right okay. when yeah. if I find a twenty five hundred dollar receiver or we talked about a forty two hundred dollar running back can you pick up Mike Riley because Riley's going to do his own sneaks which is incredibly valuable right twelve sneak touchdowns this season each one of those is six points that's something that Lule just will not replicate because he doesn't get the chance to uh, Lule also doesn't throw for multiple touchdowns so. He's not going to get the points, but yeah, it's always about the spread. At six grand, Lule is the best quarterback, probably under, let's say, 85. Actually, probably under nine grand, Lule is going to be your best option this week. But if I can, uh, if when it gets down to it, I can afford Riley, I'm going to go Riley because, man, if he does that with the flu, imagine what he's going to do when he's well. (laughs) Exactly. And the thing with Mike Riley all season and really even last season when he was up around that. 14,000 range, Derek, of course, is, okay, yeah. you're gonna, you know he's going to produce, but is he going to produce that much more than a guy who's 10,000, 11,000? Like it, it always comes down to that value matchup, right? You know he's going to get you your points, but if you get a guy a few thousand cheaper who might be almost as good, you can spend that money yeah. elsewhere too. And we've, we've lost some of those options as we've gone along, yeah, right? Jeremiah yeah. Masoli used to be a little less expensive, but now he's within $700. He's $700 cheaper than Riley. Uh, do you believe in Bo Levi Mitchell against Calgary for, it would save you $2,500? Uh, I'm not, I'm completely off of Trevor Harris this week because he's hit, I mean, against Hamilton, I expect Hamilton to win both those games and, and I expect some of their, you know, prime receivers to have some problems. So I wouldn't go Trevor Harris. I might. I might play a, a James Franklin Ooh. because the matchup against Montreal, I, I enjoy Toronto's going to throw the ball. I mean, they do it. And Franklin, I mean, does his own sneaking. 12 touchdowns for him yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So a couple of those drives stop at the one-yard line. There's 12 points for James Franklin and 12 points for my fantasy team for under nine grand. So I think Franklin is a, 
is a sneaky play this week. I was going to ask you about Franklin. Any appetite for old Johnny football in that one one passing touchdown, huh? Is he, uh, <laughs> oh, ugh. I, I'll, I'll say this. I'm not going uh, Johnny football this week because for the same price, I could have Travis Lule against a, a rough Edmonton defense. But uh, if this week goes well for Manziel, honestly, if he throws a couple of touchdowns and shows he can move the ball against Toronto – I would probably, I would seriously, seriously consider him next week against Toronto oh. uh, when he's back at home. But I, I still need to see it. We got to see. Uh, it. And there's at six grand, Lule's a way better play in my mind. Uh, totally, he's got the body of work. He's actually done it. And mm-hmm. uh, even though it might be rare, we know Travis Lule can pop off for a 350 yard game randomly, right? And we have, we don't know if Johnny Manziel can do that at this stage in his career. Well, we don't know if he's going to get more than 16 throws in a game. <laughs> like you said a couple of weeks ago, right. your point exactly. Oh. Like you just you don't know. And is is he going to pull out 400 yards in the game? Is he going to? They're certainly not going to let him throw 40 times in the game. I would be that would no. be the most stunning development if Manziel threw the ball 40 times in the game. I, I oh. yeah, it would just be remarkable. So no, it's it's absolutely a lule in that situation, but. Let's let's see how Montreal does against a bad, bad defense. Yeah, with two teams with nothing really to play for. In conversation with Derek Taylor of TSN on Twitter, at DT on SC. Over to wide receiver here, a couple of tie cats at the top of the pile here, Derek. Expensive buys in Brandon Banks and Luke Tasker, but they do consistently produce, and it kind of falls into that Mike Riley conversation of it's, if they're putting up major points, it could be worth the price tag. Where are you at with those two? So Banks is averaging over 30 points the last four games. Oh, <laughs> and and Ottawa, Ottawa games have a lot of fantasy points available. I think uh, among the receivers, we can expect probably 100 points in that game. 12,000 for mm. Banks is just bends my brain. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. And I, and I think of it from uh, talking to Chris Schultz doing the fantasy things. Like if you have a, a receiver like Banks who is just crushing you, you know, crushing teams, and you're about to play a back-to-back with them, and it's for first place in the division. I just have to believe from a, a raw football perspective, Ottawa's got to figure something out to stop Banks. So if, if I'm going to spend 12, 12 grand, I need, I need some real assurance. Uh, he's an all-star, but I, I'm, I'm off Banks this week. Uh, Tasker 3,000 down the, down the line. More so because, hey, you can hold down one guy, but can you hold down two guys? Right. And then interesting with Ottawa is uh, they give up, I mean, their fantasy hits are to the, to the boundary side, and Banks and Tasker have been tearing guys apart to the field side. So is that enough to make me want to look at uh, Buren if he's back in there or whoever runs out of that boundary slot? I mean, I guess they list Banks in that boundary slot, but running more out of the field side. Right. I, I wonder what I'll do in that front, but uh, as far I'd be Banks, no, and Tasker, yes, this week. Strictly on price, but even Tasker, right, at 9200 mm. yikes. Yeah, it starts to get a little iffy. What about Duron Carter, Derek, right? Because everybody, we, we know, right, it's a maybe. It's kind of a wish. You know what he can do. You envision, you remember and dream that one-handed gorgeous catch, but he's just getting, like, two catches a game for the past two games. I don't, like, he's cheap. Do you take a flyer on a guy like Duron Carter against Montreal? He's 3500 bucks. You could, and, and flyer will be the way to describe yeah. it. Would you take uh, they throw him in the pile with other guys. Do you take Duran at thirty five hundred? Do you take Chris Matthews at twenty five hundred? It's he, whatever reason, whatever is going on in Toronto, they don't use him 
in the way you might have expected, right? You yeah. might have expected, hey, it's Deron Carter, one-on-one, you know, go four to the field, Deron to the boundary, and jump ball him on somebody. Just let him, let him yes. have at it. Go at Throw it. the old jump ball. But we, we haven't seen it. We've seen hooks and 10-yard and ins and stuff, but I, I'm baffled at what's happening there. So just from a perspective of I don't think he's going to get the requisite targets, and I, I have better guys I can identify even for even a lesser price, I am I'm away from Duran, despite what, what should be a tremendous matchup for Toronto. Derek, great stuff as always, man. Tell people there's details with Derek Taylor. There's Sports Center. The, tell people where they can find you and see you. Oh, yeah, weekends doing Sports Center, the loop uh, from uh, Saturday night and Sunday nights. And the details this week will be on. Gosh, I think it's Friday. Our fantasy hits are online and on Sports Center on Monday and Thursday. All over the place. It never stops. And I just saw on Twitter your picture is Mr. Burns as the baseball manager in the softball episode. Tremendous choice, sir. <laughs> yes. Well done. Call Thank- playing the percentages. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Derek. Thanks so much. Thanks, Eddie. There he goes, Derek Taylor. You heard of where you can catch him on, on Twitter at DT on SC. Let's take the break. And after that, it will be time our CFL on TSN panelists, one of the all-time greats in the CFL. Of course, I'm talking about Milt Stiegel right here on CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network. CFL Weekly rolls along here on TSN Radio Across Canada. I'm Andy McNamara on Twitter at AndyMCD1, Instagram at AndyMCSports. We're delivered by Domino's. Hey, you're watching the games this weekend, folks, or you're busy taking the kids, running around out with the guys, whatever. Go to Domino's.ca. Grab a loaded medium feast pizza for just $10.99. The side dishes, boneless pasta, chicken wings. You got marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Check it all out. Carry out and delivery specials at Domino's.ca. That is Domino's.ca. Still coming up behind the helmet with legendary sacker. John Bowman of the Montreal Alouettes. But first, CFL on TSN panelist, our old buddy, Milt Stiegel. Milt, I just chatted with Derek Taylor in the previous segment about this. We were talking about Jerron Carter when it came to fantasy football value. But, Milt, over the break, it was bugging me. I'm thinking, why two catches over the last two games? They're not using this guy. Can we put any... Why? He can be such a weapon, and especially when you got nothing else to play for, why not just chuck it up to the big guy? I, I don't know what's going on. We know Mark Tressman, his offense uh, is not predicated on just throwing the ball down the field. But uh, when you've only won three games, apparently your offense hasn't been doing much. So maybe you mm-hmm. should throw some wrinkles in there. I mean, you brought in Deron Carter, and I don't know if he's a Tressman guy. We know he's a pop guy. Pop is the guy who originally brought him in the league. But allow your quarterback just to throw it up sometimes. We know how athletic he is. We've known. We've seen him make some plays in the past when he was in Montreal when he was in Saskatchewan those 50-50 balls, I mean, a lot of times they'll be 70-30 with Deron Carter. So uh, it's a mystery why they haven't utilized him uh, like everyone thought he would be utilized. And Mil, if I were to ask you, okay, one of these three scenarios, and actually I guess there's maybe four, one's an outside chance. You look at the Toronto Argonauts quarterback situation. One, next year, is the starter going to be James Franklin? Two, McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Three, one more time for Ricky Ray or four, somebody off the roster. What do you think is most likely? Uh, if I was a betting man, I would say Jonathan Jennings. Whoa, Ooh, I'm throwing that hey out now. there. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I know he won't be. I know that's a, a, it's a far fetch, but 
Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, mm. but uh, how can you come back with what you had this year yeah. uh, with those results? I mean, of course, we would love to see Ricky Ray come back, uh, back to his old form, but I don't know if Ricky Ray wants to come back and play anymore after suffering that injury. You know, uh, he, it would have been nice if he would have left on that last game in the Great Cup, but he still had some football left in him. But it's unfortunate the way he got injured. Uh, James Franklin, he had his opportunities, and he'll get a couple of more uh, the rest of the season. I just didn't see that out of him. And, and McBeth, as we like to call him, I mean, he'll be <laughs> 31. I don't think you want to latch your franchise onto a 31-year-old uh, second-year quarterback in the CFL. So if I was a bet man, I'm going to go out of limb and say Jonathan Jennings. Mm. I know it sounds crazy, but, hey. You know, crazier things have happened in the CFL. Well, you know what? Change of scenery, right, can sometimes work. And in that scenario, Mill, I would I would guess it would probably be a quarterback competition between between Franklin, who's the only QB under contract for the Argos, and Jennings in that case. That can make for an interesting preseason quarterback battle. Maybe I should be a coach or a GM. Hey I'm bringing all these guys together. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think, I think that'd be very interesting because the Argos got to do something there. Let's look to this weekend. Right. And we got, we got the two big Friday night matchups with playoff positioning implications and all that. You got the Montreal-Toronto game. And then Saturday, Saskatchewan-Calgary. This one really is interesting to me, Milt, because how are the Rough Riders going to respond? It always seems just when we think Chris Jones is down and out or he's made one crazy move too many, the team just comes back and blows the doors off. This is against a Calgary team in Calgary, but they don't have anything to play for. What do you make of that matchup? Well, the the Stampeders, they actually do. They're trying to uh, secure a first place in the West, and they know if they win this Mm. game... That okay. pretty much does it. And right, right. Uh, if, if you listen to uh, Bo Levi Mitchell or Huff Nagel or uh, Dickinson, those guys, they want to have some momentum going into the playoffs. You know, right. their regular seasons have been great. Uh, but their ultimate goal, of course, is to win the Great Cup. And they know the easiest route to the Great Cup is having that uh, one, only one game to win. So they want to secure a bye, of course. Uh, they're 12-3, and three and they still have a few more games to do that. Uh, but they want to do that now. They want to latch it up. You know, they play well at home, unfortunately. They didn't last week. That was the first game they lost at home all year long, and they're just not looking like the old Calgary Stampeders. So I'm sure they want to get back to that. Uh, they know a Saskatchewan team is coming in, scratching, hungry. Uh, defense has been playing well. Offense hasn't. But the Calgary Stampeders want to get back to being a Calgary Stampeders. So every time you step on the field, in my opinion, you have something to play for. And, Milt, that's a terrific point because of the fact the last couple of years have they played out and the Stampeders have gone in as maybe the team with the best record, but cold or inconsistent or whatever. So that's going to be in their mind. And you as a former player, of course, how how much does that come into play? If you, if you got something locked up and you still have a bunch of games going, as a player mentally, do you have to get yourself in a, in a certain spot to, to find something real to play for each game to make sure you are ready to go when it comes to playoff time? Yeah, and it becomes a mental thing because as a player you start thinking, okay, especially an older guy if you're still playing, okay, i, I got to try to stay healthy because I want to make it into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I want to go into the playoffs healthy. But once you start thinking that, once you start walking on eggshells and you start playing – uh, with the yield sign in front of you, that's where the problems come about. So you have to mentally say, I just have to go out here and let it go. If they want me to play in this game, if the coach wants me to play in this game, I have to just go out here and let it go and whatever happens, happens. You can't concern yourself with, I have to stay healthy or this or that. You just have to go out there and let it happen. And I know Bo Levi Mitchell and those veteran guys, especially on the offense, they want to have some momentum going into the playoffs. Of course, their defense has always been solid, 
but that offensive lately has been sputtering. So they want to have some momentum uh, after they win this game. Will they sit down some guys? I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But they have to keep that momentum going into the playoffs. Well, Milton, we see it all the time. If you, if, if as a player, you take anything off or don't play at full speed, that's when the injuries happen. It seems like if you try to protect yourself too much, that's when you get injured because you're not playing like yourself, right? Without a doubt. You just have to go out there and say, I, got, I have to let it go. You, yeah, you can't yeah. be thinking about injuries. The moment you think about them, the moment you start playing with caution, that's when those injuries happen. Because if you're out there thinking – that's when you get smacked in the mouth. Right. When football, you have to be able to just react. Reacting will make you, will allow you to get the big plays, will allow you to, for the most part, stay injury free. But when you start thinking, that's when you get smacked in the mouth and that's when you'll get injured. In conversation with Milt Stiegel of the CFL on TSN, of course, one of the all-time great players in the Canadian Football League as well. Milt, wanted to get your vote on our Domino's Canada Twitter poll here. You can vote at AndyMC81. It is. Which team, which of these teams needs a win most Friday night? Which of these teams win, needs a win most Friday night? Is it the Ottawa Red Blacks, the Hamilton Ticats, they're playing each other, of course, or the Edmonton Eskimos and the BC Lions? Which one of those teams do you feel needs a W? Uh, and, and they all do. Uh, I, I, I would say the Eskimos. They need another W. Uh, they, they got it last week uh, against Ottawa. But right now, they're still fighting for their playoff life. Sure you know, Mike Riley finally got back to where he was playing, had a great game. Uh, defense shut him out in that second half. But they have to keep that going. They haven't locked up anything yet. They lose this one, it's going to be difficult Ooh. for them. They understand the, rem- the, the, the magnitude of this game. They know they have to go in there and play well because if not, it's going to be difficult to make the playoffs. Those other teams... Uh, you know, they, they, of course, BC needs to win. Hamilton, Ottawa, they play each other again next week, so they understand if they do lose this game, they still have opportunities. So I think the Eskimos need this more than any of those other teams. And, Mel, what a flip of the West Division. Like, if we were to, outside of Calgary being at the top, if we were to look back when it was week, single digit, eight, nine, whatever, and we were to say, hey, man, it's the Eskimos that are going to be at, in last, and Saskatchewan is going to have a playoff spot locked. You'd say you're crazy, right? I, I, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's, it's nuts to me how this has developed, where the Eskimos have fallen so far with how much offensive firepower they have, even despite the injuries. Yeah, it, it, it's been a difficult situation for them. You, and you think because this is a quarterback-driven league, if, even if you have some injuries offensively, defensively, as long as your all-star quarterback is healthy, you have a chance. And that's yeah, why we yeah. thought the Eskimos wouldn't be in this position because Mike Riley was healthy. But what we saw was. Mike Riley was getting hit. He kept getting hit, and you mm-hmm. saw those hits uh, started taking his toll on him the last three or four weeks. He was getting frustrated. You can see it in his face. You can see his demeanor walking off the field, and they caught up with him. But this last game, he took some hits, but he didn't get sacked. So as long as you're protecting him, you have an opportunity. You know, they had some momentum after that game. But if they can't protect him, I don't see them making the playoffs. It's going to be difficult. I don't care how physically, mentally tough he is. Uh, those hits make take a wear and tear on you, and we saw that up to this past game. I'm with you. Last one for you here, Milt, the East Division, Ottawa and Hamilton. Same record, 8-7. and seven. As you said, they play each other in back-to-back games. Who do you like out of these two teams for an extended playoff push? Like It seems like the Red Blacks have been so up and down, but when they're on, man, they're on. And Hamilton has just seemed like, even if they lose, it seems like they're as a whole looks to be the more consistent team to me, at least in my eyes. How, how do you feel about those two as far as who has the, the better chance at an extended playoff run? And, and I think you answered that question when you're talking about the Trevor Harris and Ottawa Red Blacks mm. being so up and down. 
Yeah. You know, you don't know what you, Trevor Harris is, is fantasy. Uh, he's the gift and the curse in fantasy. When he's on, <laughs> he'll get you 30 points, and then yeah. he'll have a game where he'll get you three or four points. Yeah. You're like, what is up with Trevor Harris? And that's the reason why I would pick the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Jeremiah Mazzoli, in my opinion, right now is the MOP. We have Brandon Banks, who's playing some of the best football out of any receiver in the CFL, and that pass defense is second to none in the CFL. So out of those two teams, I'm going to have to go to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But I could be wrong because Trevor Harris, he could get on and light up for 500 yards, five touchdowns. <laughs> but I don't know what I'm going to get out of him game in and game out. And because of that, I'm going to have to go to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yeah, I'm with you, especially from fantasy. You can't be messing around with that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's difficult. He, he's lost me too many times. <laughs> Milt, thank you so much for taking the time, man. We'll look forward to seeing you on the CFL and TSN this weekend. All right, thanks for having me anytime. There he goes, Milt Stiegel from the CFL on TSN. After the break, we'll wrap up CFL Weekly with a behind-the-helmet. John Bowman of the Montreal Alouettes, one of the all-time great sack producers in the Canadian Football League. BTH coming up. Here on CFL Weekly across the TSN Radio Network. Back to wrap things up here on CFL Weekly across Canada on the TSN Radio Network. I'm Andy McNamara. If you missed any of the show, don't worry. You can get us on iTunes. You can go to your local TSN Radio show page. Under the show section, you'll see CFL Weekly. Or, hey, I'll put it up on my Twitter as well, at AndyMC81 and Instagram at AndyMC Sports. So don't miss out, miss out on any of the program there. And we're delivered by Domino's. I mentioned it earlier in the show, folks. Get your piece of the pie rewards. You just sign up. It's free at dominoes.ca. And every time you order anything, it can be pizza, side dishes, boneless or chicken wings, whatever. Anytime anything's over $10, you get 10 points. When you get to 60 points... You get a free pizza. It's perfect. Piece of the pie rewards. Check it out at dominoes.ca. Okay. Behind the helmet time. I go to Montreal. This dude, especially in years past, has been one of the nastiest sackers in the Canadian Football League. It is John Bowman. I caught up with him a little bit earlier. John, now you've been with the Montreal Alouettes since 2006, the same team your whole career. You've had so much success there, but you're you're the the rarity in sports in this new millennium, right? Like a lot of guys, they don't they don't stay with the same team. Why has it made sense for you to be with the Alouettes and stay in Montreal for as long as you have? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been blessed. I told them, listen, uh, I have too many shoes to move, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean they've always like even from the Cavs they've always treated me with uh, respect. Like when it came to contract negotiation, it was never far off. And uh, um, and even the one time where I was close to leaving a few years ago, it was it, they uh, they made they made sure that I wouldn't leave. So uh, and Montreal is a great city for yeah, I mean. All summer, even through early fall, it's amazing. Always something to do. In the winter time, they make it habitable. You know, it's not just a cold city with yeah. nothing to do. They always make something to do. So, Montreal is a great city up and down. Now, you said a lot of shoes. Is that because you have a large family, or do you have a big shoe collection? I have a big <laughs> shoe collection. I have no no kids. You know, I'm not married, so I own a lot of shoes personally. Huh? And uh, <laughs> to pack all of those up would have been a headache. <laughs> No, no. What, what type do you have? A or, or did you have a particular brand? Jordan, Nike? Did you mix and match? What do you? What do you I have? mean, 
If I can say, I mean, I'm in the CFL office, but I'll say I'm a Jordan guy. <laughs> you know, I grew up in the 80s, so, I mean, yep. I played ball growing up, and everybody was a Jordan this, Jordan that. So uh, I have a, a large amount of Jordans, you know, some Adidas, some a lot of Nikes, a lot of retro Air Maxes, and uh, some of the new sneakers out today, but not too much. Do you have any of the old Reebok pumps? Remember those? Those were awesome. <laughs> I can just... <laughs> Gave a pair to um, I just gave a pair to the homeless shelter. Oh no I've way! Never worn them. Like cause I remember we were sponsored by Reebok uh, five six years ago, whatever. And the D Browns they came back out and never was like, oh you gotta get these you gotta get these. So I bought them and 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 I never wore them. So wow. I probably gave them away like two years ago. That's awesome, and to a good cause too. What a guy! Yeah, of course. That's awesome, man. So uh, John, let's let's talk about your big dude. You're six three two fifty. Off season when you're not training for football because I know you eat good during the year, but when you can just when you can take a break off season, chow down a little bit and relax. What's what's a go to food for you? Oh my gosh! Like me, I grew up in the south, so anything fried, fried anything you know is, <laughs> is number one on the list. Uh, mac and cheese, uh, southern cuisine, you know, mac okay. and cheese, ribs, uh, bar- anything barbecue is. That's that's my go-to. Oh, that sounds. But good. my first meal after every season is probably like fried chicken, dirty rice, <laughs> some some mac mac and cheese and and stuff like that, and cornbread. That that's your reward for after a good year, right? Just yeah, chill well, like good or bad. Good or bad. For, uh, it doesn't matter. Here <laughs> it's, you go. it's comfort food or reward food, either way. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you gotten it? You've been in Montreal for so long. Have you gotten into any of the the, the French cuisine, the the poutine during the year at all? I mean, of course, you know, I've been, I've sampled, sure. you know, <laughs> I've been at an establishment that early in the morning or late at night, however you want to say it, and I've, and I've sampled a little poutine. Uh, one of the better restaurants that I've been to in Montreal is called, uh, translated to the pig foot, and it's called uh, Pete Cochon, Pete Cochon. Okay. And it's all French cuisine, like real heavy, rich French cuisine food, but it's, it's pretty good. The thing about Montreal so many different cultures and ethnicities and stuff like that. It's such a, mil- a melting pot of people. It's every different kind of food everywhere, every part of the city. So that's one good thing about being a fat guy like me. You can always find <laughs> something different and something good to eat. Well, I got to say, now you mentioned so much to do in Montreal, which is, is great for living there. But you sometimes hear of the Montreal flu, John. I'm sure you've heard of that. Guys come in a day early. They stay out a little bit too late. Is that a home field advantage? Is that a real thing for opponents coming in? No, I mean, listen, um, <laughs> the city will – you could get sick and lost in the city if you're at that point in your career. Like me, for me, luckily, in 2006 when I came in, I came with AC, uh, Anwar Stewart, Scott Flory, Chu, Zuma, like guys that wanted to win then and there. So it was no messing around. If you were playing and you were a rookie – if you if you party too long at night and didn't show up ready to play in the in the next day, they'll let you know about it. So AC didn't hold his tongue for many people. And if you were if something was expected out of you, if you wasn't on the if you weren't on the practice roster and you were expected to be a starter or a special team player and contribute, uh, they they held you accountable. So I, I didn't I never got too loose into the city, uh, except for like uh, the off seasons in nine and ten. Even 2008, when we won and we went to the Great Cup in 2008, nobody expected us to go 
and it was in Montreal. So yeah, those those all seasons were, were pretty good. Absolutely, and, and yeah, anybody else coming in to town? Sometimes an advantage for the home club there, right? So it's, of it's good. Let <laughs> me come in, come in two days early, please. Yeah, <laughs> come in two days. Yeah, yeah. come and come, come welcome, enjoy our city. That's right, and then we'll beat you, uh, beat you on game day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Now, John, when you're when you're traveling, and and there's mention how good Montreal is when you're going on road trips. Is there a favorite road city over the years that you you, you see that on the schedule? You're like, okay, good. I'm I'm, I'm happy we're, we're going there and enjoy going. Well, Vancouver for I mean just for two reasons. My dad stays in Tacoma, Washington. Oh, so it's only a two hour drive for him, and like, but just. Their like their food team is crazy. Uh, the the city is like feels like it's kind of L.A. kind of it's an L.A. vibe. It's 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 not as fast paced as like New York and Toronto, mm-hmm. whatever. People are relaxed, enjoying aesthetically. It's one of the better looking cities I've ever been to. Uh, it's just a great city, and and every year like I know when the Vancouver game is coming. Yeah, it's a long trip, but it's worth it once you get out there. Yeah, now on, exactly. And plus, my dad lets me know. And of course, and your dad's close by. That's always that's always a bonus. Now, on on the road trips, when you're either on the plane, bus, what, whatever, downtime with the guys, is there is there games you guys play cards? Do you play video games? What do you what do you do for fun when you're uh, not studying game tape, getting ready? Well, I mean, um, I play D line, so we usually eating. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it depends on the position you play. Yeah. You know, some yeah. guys play cards. Some guys, like the French-Canadian guys, go get coffee. <laughs> D-line, we, 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 we plan. Before we go somewhere, we research where can we do lunch, where can we do dinner. <laughs> and, and and if somebody's birthday, how can we get a little piece of cake in there? <laughs> so that's, that's, our big, that's our big thing. You got, but when you're 250, what else is on your mind? <laughs> no, that, that that's awesome. Um, and, and John, when you're going, if if let's say there's in practice, right? Everyone, you get practice, you're ready for the game and all that. But there's always that one drill, and you just roll your eyes like, oh no. Is there one for you? Does something pop out when you hear the coach yell? Yeah, oh man. Yeah, I mean, I can all of practice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, John, time to go to practice, and I'm rolling my right. eyes. Hey, you know, I mean. Uh, uh, not no more, not anymore. Because like I'm the older guy, so coaches like, yeah, John, what should we do? And I, I'll recommend things. But uh, like all the way up until uh, we had this one coach named Keith Willis, and he used to make us do this drill. We just bang each other all day, oh. and we're like, coach, they don't run counter in Canada that much for the practices. <laughs> Every day for 40 minutes a day, oh. we had like six or seven D linemen, and we just spill and crack each other all day and it's like they don't want this play up here man and so we went a whole year we probably played counter three times oh. and but we hit each other all day in practice and we hated them for it <laughs> john man we could talk all day this has been a lot of fun thank you for taking the time and good luck the rest of the season I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. There he is, John Bowman of the Montreal Alouettes in behind the helmet. Very interesting dude. So all the action starts week 19 on TSN. Doubleheader Friday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Hamilton at Ottawa. First of a back-to-back first place in the East Division on the line. That's at 7. Then at 10 o'clock Eastern Edmonton, BC. Boy, huge battle. Huge matchup. 
that to me is as close to a pick'em as you can get. I'm going to say Edmonton there. Oh, that that is that is close. Both teams vying for a playoff position that crossover in the West Division to head on over to the East when it comes playoff time. Then Saturday, four o'clock Eastern, Montreal at Toronto, and then another doubleheader there, seven o'clock Eastern, Saskatchewan and Calgary. In you look at Saskatchewan positioning, man. Right, they got a playoff spot, but positioning and Calgary want to lock up that first overall spot and uh, get the the home playoff game, the bye and all that good stuff. So it's it's going to be a fun weekend in week 19. Thank you so much to all our guests and for all of you for listening. Get me on Twitter at AndyMC81. I'm Andy McNamara. This has been CFL Weekly across the TSN radio network.